Hi there, today on Typical Books we're going to talk about horror to Hollywood and maybe this will be a recurring video because there are a lot of books, I'm sure you have this happen where you're reading and you start to envision this as a film. Not only with books that are written kind of in a screenplay way and you can tell that the author really wants this to become a movie, they're writing to Netflix, but it happens with the greatest books that were well before every book became a film within uh, 10 months. It was more like 10 years sometimes, except in the case of Stephen King, of course, where he just writes and people make movies, you know, sometimes a year after <laughs> that the book has come out. Not only with some of the greater pieces of literature that must be made into films or a lot of the more pulpy underground books that get thrust into fame because a film was made of them. Often you're just sitting there reading any random book and the film starts to play in your mind and you begin casting and choosing directors. And this idea came not only from patron picks polls because so many of those books are curated. I curate a massive list of all the horror coming out. Patrons help choose and vote on between four books or so what book I should read that month. So they're all, they're, they're curated in a number of ways to the point that I'm reading really goddamn good books. So of course they're good books to begin with. So far, none of these that I know of have been optioned for film. And I would, because these four books we're going to talk about are books that within the last year, I think ought to be made in the film. Maybe that's why I want to do this. It's just the most recent books. If I go back in all the books I've ever read, the ones that have not been made into films yet that aren't impossible to film, there are quite a few. So maybe going forward, it'll be like the last six months books that I think ought to be made into films. This idea was originally proposed maybe three years ago by Murs at Harpies in the Trees. So thank you very much for this idea. It did percolate back here. I masticated this idea for uh, this long. It took me this long. So horror to Hollywood or books that I read in the last little while that I think ought to be made into films. So we're going to start out with Sundial by Katrina Ward. This isn't the book that I read the most long ago. We'll finish up with that particular book, which you may be able to guess what it is, but yeah, Sundial by Katrina Ward. I enjoyed a lot. The Last House on Needless Street was a different book written by the same author that I enjoyed very much and many people did. This doesn't have as many fans, but I will say this is such a cinematic piece and it is so dark and I'm a big fan, not only of horror film, but of the transgressive, of the darker fiction, of darker dramas, tragedies, if you will that are told with an artistic bent. So think like David Lynch, not typically horror, but many horror fans are fans and ascribe to his sort of very fantastical sense of filmmaking and not fantastical in the fantasy realm, so to speak, but like a surrealist take on film. And I think that that sort of direction applied to this particular story would be grand. There's also that sort of trend of filmmaking, and forgive me if I don't know all of the terms, although I do co-host a horror film podcast, we specialize in the slashics, right? So I'm not up on all the film theory lingo here. Maybe my friend Amy, Dr. Amy Vosper could help me out here. But it's this not quite elevated horror, which is also a buzzword, but it is this sort of art house horror. A24 is exceptionally known for this sort of style, very quiet, creeping, brooding. And 
the Ari Aster films are, are sort of like that as well. Now, those aren't directors or, or film houses that I would choose for this particular book. The runner-up director is Lars von Trier, uh, mostly for his work on The House That Jack Built. Uh, and not all of his body of work, which I do really enjoy, even some outliers like Dancer in the Dark. But yeah, that sort of dark brooding, but it seems like an obvious pick. So we're going to go with the director of Raw and Titane. Julia DeCarno is maybe uh, uh, the best pick, I'd say, because of her style, because of her characterization, because of her choices in direction, and because she may not shy away from the animal testing. This is a hot, dusty, dark, I can, I can picture it filmed with uh, the rolling vistas of very secluded, I think it's Arizona, sort of, or it's New Mexico, sort of like desert desertion, right? And the oranges and the heat. I believe that DiCarno portrays climate and temperature very well through the use of color in her filming and of course she wouldn't shy away from the animal testing there is animal testing mentioned in this throughout it is a part of the plot a very big part of the plot and i don't think she would shy away from that particular sort of body horror because that's more of how it's treated as opposed to shock for shock's sake or any sort of like torture porn that's not how this animal testing is treated whatsoever and it is sort of an extension where we extend feelings of familial love to our pets we can also extend that that sheer abject body horror onto them as well so i think that she would really handle that very well especially when it comes to how these characters the main character herself internalizes this and as far as casting that main character tilda swinton now the main character rob is maybe younger than Tilda Swinton is right now. She's kind of ageless and she probably is a vampire, but Tilda Swinton is who I envision for this role entirely. Now you could probably lead me to a modern day Tilda Swinton type actress who could pull this off. And that's really what it is. You need to have some specific chops, as they say, to really play Rob effectively, where you get to the halfway point in this book and then realize you may be dealing with an unreliable narrator, but still aren't sure. And that all comes from, we need to talk about Kevin and her acting in that particular role. So yeah, Sundial, I can picture this hot, dusty, a woman and her daughter going off to this secluded testing facility slash mansion that her, had been in her family cult for years and it just the whole screenplay writes itself as you read it. Next on the list is a Darcy Coates book and as much as I would like to see any Darcy Coates book made into a film because of her uh, proclivity to writing haunting mansions and haunted houses I would really like that because I love that genre of filmmaking but this is from below something very very different. Now recently there has been a lot of underwater filmmaking and the movie Underwater was fantastic and that is more of a sci-fi horror so to speak. It has that really oppressive and crushing feeling that you can only get with the seclusion of an underwater story and this book really ramps that up. Now there are also of course like those uh, 67 meters down or whatever those movies that I enjoy those shark films 
that deal with panic underwater. And they describe to you, as you've heard in almost any story that talks about diving, the horrors of the bends and decompression sickness. So yeah, this happens in this book, but it's done to a very good effect. So uh, that sort of thing makes for a very good claustrophobic horror story. Julian Mori and Alessandra Bastille have made recently a film that is this story in many ways, although very different. So I would love to see this done by those exact same filmmakers if they're not tired of making underwater films. If you haven't seen it's the deep house it's a couple goes to investigate an abandoned house that is sunk underwater and it is haunted so to speak and this is a haunted ship and as i mentioned in a previous video maybe it has something to do with that specifically canadian fascination with the titanic being not too too far from our eastern shore and the terror in the erebus being recently discovered having sunk and so many like dan simmons type stories about what had happened to that particular crew so very creepy scary idea of a ghost ship sunk underwater going to visit that ship is equally claustrophobic and terrifying darcy Coates does a wonderful job and i can just envision this not only because of films like the deep house or underwater or any other diving film but her ghost stories as well her haunted house tactics if you will when she's writing about haunted areas she pulls all of those cards out of the deck as well and it is just so chilling i think this is the number one most chilling underwater book i've ever read so of course i have this film playing in my mind she's a fantastic writer so i think that this adapted to screen would play exceptionally well the runner-up director of course is william eubank who directed underwater and as far as casting the uh, cast of Wormwood, Road of the Dead, although it's not overtly an only Australian, this story and the casting would not have to be 100% Australian. Darcy Coates is from Australia, so I think it would fit really well. And I would love to see some Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell is uh, more famous for the Quentin Tarantino films, not only as a stunt double, but an, also an actress. She's a great stunt woman and a great actress, I think, too. So I would like to see her. There's a specific role within this book where Zoe Bell would do very well. The most recent book I've read out of all of this is Old Country by Matt Query and Harrison Query. New authors to me. I'm not sure if this is a debut for one or both of them, but it is a brother team that wrote this book, Old Country, and it was like a sleeper hit for me. Uh, it has a house on the cover, so I did expect quite a lot from it, and I got more than I deserved. So if you are a fan of Stephen Graham Jones, I would say run out and pick this up. I think you'll really enjoy it. So this film, in my mind, would surpass the book in creepiness, if done correctly. And I already find this book very, very creepy. And of course, it's this mountainside environment at the base of the Teton mountain range. And it is a husband and wife and their dog with their idyllic country home that they've just purchased. And then the spirits of the earth terrorize them, basically. This story is quite slow although it's the characters that really draw you into the story and the way that it's written and i think that the way that it would be filmed could be one of those uh terror inducing very tense stories where 
you can have a film of somebody driving down a road toward their new house and have it be a, a jolly frolic. Or you can have a drive where husband and wife are going somewhere that is like the beginning of The Shining and it is chill inducing and terror inducing and you don't know what's around the next bend. If this book were approached in film in that manner, where every single motion was packed with terror in one way or another, you need a specific set of filmmakers. So another team of filmmakers that do this exceptionally well is Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who brought us The Endless and Spring. Uh, the Endless specifically is a film I think that is so much more packed with dread at every single corner and I'm looking forward to their upcoming film and I wish I could see more from the runner-up director who directed the film Seder. Jordan Graham created a film that is so dread inducing and it is doubly creepy because it is uh, similar to this where there are some spirits in the forest surrounding a family home that have been there for generations and he is writing this film based on the writings of his mother. So it is like a sort of crosses into true story territory. If you've ever watched Seder and not known that it was based on a true event ish and the true diaries of uh, a mother with a mental disorder, it seems, or who had communed with um, dark and devious forest spirits, that film is so full of dark brooding that this needs it has it underneath and it takes a specific eye to see the darkness looming i think when you're reading this because it is you know telegraphed quite clearly as far as what is going on around their home with the little strange happenings but it ramps up in terror that by the time you reach the point where it's kind of the point of no return of horror where this becomes a 100% horror film. I think it could take some people by surprise because up until then it was almost like a country idol dealing with superstitions of the locals. Much like Harvest Home maybe, um, a much more famous book that deals with a couple learning about the rituals uh, surrounding them. This is so much more subtle but it takes these subtle type of filmmakers to be able to do it. So if not the creator of the film Seder, then the creator of The Endless in Benson and Moorhead. Very famous, I think, filmmakers now in their own right, which had lived for too long underground as far as the uh, lovers of dark and horror film, because it's not even really horror where this definitely is. It's really tough to cast the husband and wife because I'd like to be no names. I would love them to be no names. You sort of got away with some very big name actors playing very regular couple in The Strangers. Two very big named actors, one Liv Tyler at that. It's like huge, very famous people. It would take a lot away from the story, I think. So I hesitate to come up with any sort of casting for this, but you know, a regular man and woman, how about that? and a dog. There was a lot to be said with the Ari Aster films, uh, specifically um, Midsummer, where a lot of the horror happens in bright daylight and people were not prepared for that. Uh, there's other horror films that happen in bright daylight, that's for sure, but that sort of was a tipping point for people realizing how much more terrifying daylight horror could be. And a lot of this takes place in daylight now there is a stark difference where it goes from brightly lit gorgeous wonderful happy country idol to dark mysterious oppressive forest spirits land that 
are out to harm you uh, when the sun goes down yes but having that creepiness through the day would only elevate what's happening at night in this particular book and the final book is Tide Pool by Nicole Wilson and you may have seen this coming because I love this so much and I've mentioned before that I want it to be a film quite badly so I really hope that it is picked up someday for adaptation into a screenplay because wow it would be another Crimson Peak to me another woman in black I would love to see this and in the right hands it could be more than uh, a coastal perhaps monstrous book right it could be a real morality story or a story of how people persist despite wacky families perhaps but yeah really really like this book I love the way it's written and the story the film was rolling in my head as I read it much like all of these other books and this was a film by Guillermo del Toro okay so maybe that's an easy pick the runner-up director is James Watkins, who did two very different films, The Woman in Black, where the feeling and the tone and the look, and maybe even a little bit of Eel Marsh House lives very much within Tidepool. He also did Eden Lake, where I think that that desperation, now Eden Lake was not a popular film due to its darkness, but I think that that extra bent of darkness which isn't really found in The Woman in Black. The Woman in Black is fairly safe for those who don't like horror. Eden Lake is not safe at all. And there are moments in this that need that lack of safety, that lack of everything is going to be okay, um, that when you're walking down the hallway with the candle and it blows out, it may not all be bad. I think in this you sort of need that off-putting feeling that no, everything is not going to be okay. The minute that you're on the shore alone and you hear a noise from behind you in the surf, that it's not going to be okay. You, you need that unsettling feeling with this particular book. And But then, of course, with Women in Black, uh, it's safety aside as far as fairly light horror, uh, you need that look. And that's where I go back to Del Toro with Crimson Peak. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous story. And that sort of setting is really needed. And as far as casting, we have a lot to choose from. And I'm not up on all of the names of younger actors because there are younger people within this book or those that look young. So I want to pick like maybe Finn Wolfhard, who's really growing into his roles. I think that he would do very well if we bleach his hair for a particular role in this. As for the lead role of Sorrow, Sorrow is the woman in this book. Uh, uh, Lauren Ashley Carter would be my first pick or maybe Isabel Furman. And it's sort of a toss up between the two. I think that they really embody that very scholarly look, a youngish look, a determined look and those doe eyes, you know, that I would ascribe to this particular character. I think that they would fit very, very, very well. And I think they would wear the costuming and take on the voice very well of Sorrow. So yes, Del Toro directing either Lauren Ashley Carter or Isabel Furman, I think would be fantastic in a book like this. So we've all read books that speak to us and the film rolls in our head while we're reading it. Whether we like film first or books first, there are books that are written with a screenplay 
that seems to come with the story and the way that the words are strung together on the page is just a very cinematic thing. Have you read a book recently or any of these that jump out at you where a director or a particular actor or actress comes to mind automatically? I'm pretty sure a lot of authors don't write with directors in mind or particular actors or actresses. Sometimes yes, but I doubt that we would ever pick up on it specifically. So if somebody wrote a character with Nicolas Cage in mind, I don't know if the reader would pick up on that and also picture Nicolas Cage with all of the amount of great actors and actresses we have throughout history to choose from. I don't think we'd all land on the same person. And I really doubt that reading a book, we would land on the same person as well. So if you think that I am way off in my predictions of horror to Hollywood and you've read these books, but picture something completely different, or if you have a book that you think I ought to be reading, let me know in the comments below. Thank you very much for watching and have an ooky spooky day.